Hi, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bacon Warrior Podcast. Today, we had talked about baseball continuing to fuck up uh, Tenant and possibly the reopening of movie theaters. And then we had Mitch on and we talked about uh, episode four, New Hope. It was a fun episode, um, a lot of jokes. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not sending Tinder matches TikTok references, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined, as always, by the boys, Lucas and Brett. Fellas, how we doing? What's going on? Doing excellent. Excited to be here. We got a great show coming up. Uh, a lot of exciting things. Um, we finally get to talk about a movie that I know Lucas is very passionate about. So I'm very excited for that and to hear his thoughts. So, uh, and you can't Lucas. fake my passion either. You know? No, you can't fake that passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're going to be talking about episode four today with Mitch. Um, we're going to bring him on a little later. And we finally get to talk about a good Star Wars movie. So that's that's cool. Wow. It's very exciting. We're, 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 in, we're in the bread and butter now. And then we kind of get into the soggy part of the plate, too, when we get to uh, – some people don't like Return of the Jet, Return of the Jedi, but we'll, we're going to get in the soggy part when we get into Force Awakens and all that. So I'm ex- I'm really excited for these next couple weeks. Yeah, we have we have a few things to talk about first, though. And the first thing is, uh, what the fuck is baseball doing? <laughs> Who knows? You know. So here's the timeline. When. MLB, when the owners knew that the season wasn't going to start on time, they went to the players and they wanted solutions. And the players said, we're not going to ask for our full salaries, right? We'll ask for our salaries prorated over the amount of games we play. So whatever they, so they said, we'll take our per game salary per however many games we end up playing. And the owners agreed to it. And then the owners came back and said, we want you to take a 50% pay cut. And the players said, go fuck yourselves. And then the owners said, well, we'll give you your full prorated salaries, but we're only going to play 50 games. And the players again said, go fuck yourselves. And now it's very likely there's not going to be a baseball season. How you how you can fuck up missing a July 4th return date for America's pastime is something that is beyond comprehension, at least on my, from my behalf. I don't, I can't, I can't even fathom something that stupid. It's, it's going to set the sport back a couple of years. In my opinion, the sport's dead. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big hot takes, you know, guy, but baseball's dead. There's no coming back from this. There just, there isn't. No. And the problem is, sorry, Brett, go ahead, go ahead. No, go go ahead, Lucas. And the problem I have with baseball is that, like, the NFL markets its players. Hockey has gotten a lot better at marketing its players. They, hockey's definitely on the lower end, but I watch hockey way more than I do baseball. And the sport is so long. Like, it still takes three and a half, four hours to finish a game. No matter what they said, that whole shit about we're going to do a pitch clock and all that. This is a huge moment. And I echo what 
um, our bacon wire, uh, one of our friends of bacon wire, Graham couch says, um, he, he's just like the further this goes along, they're going to, they might as well just, they might as well just call it quits on the season because if they get it right now, they could probably start what July 10th, July 11th. Yeah. I think, cool. yeah. But, I think mid July is what they're yeah. looking at right now. So July 15th. And it gives you two weeks on the NBA and I don't know what the NHL is going to do, but I'm pretty sure they're going to start around the same time or maybe a little later, but this is their moment to to really hop on board and be the first big sport back in America. I know soccer is a huge one, but like the first big American sport back and they are just completely dropping the spaghetti all over the floor. <laughs> to quote our, uh, to quote our um, lights, camera, barstool co-host favorite Trill Ballins, Kevin spill chili. I can't do the I can't do the it's still chilly. Like my throat hurts. <laughs> and like the owners want us to believe that they're gonna lose money. And no. If they were gonna lose money having a season versus not having it, they wouldn't be fighting to have it. Right. The problem is they're not gonna make as much money as they were if they were gonna have a full season with ballparks at capacity and and all that stuff, but you're still going to make a shit ton of money from your TV deals. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to be in the red. If, if the owners were going to be in the red, they would just, they would just take the L on the season. Like they weren't just going to actively lose money. So that's what I think at the heart of the problem is like when the owners say they're losing money, they're not actually like going to be neck. They're not going to have negative cash flow. They're just not going to make as much money as they were under normal circumstances, which like take a fucking number and get in line. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yep. Yeah. And I think, I mean, baseball, they've really just for years, it seems like they've wanted this opportunity to just be the premier sport. I mean, every summer they get to themselves for the mm -hmm. most part, but now they, they would have had the entire country basically forced to watch their sport and to market their young players and stars and whatnot and they, like, yeah, just like in the office, Kevin brings in the chili and just spills it everywhere. That's exactly what they did. They, they spilled the chili. And it, it reminds me almost of what happened with the NHL twice. Um, yeah. First example is 0405 when the league went into a lockout. They were on such an upswing in terms of popularity. And then they had the lockout, and it just it stifled all growth. And, I mean, they haven't really bounced back from that, and it's been 15 years. Yeah. So I mean, baseball. I just don't. I don't get it. I, I really don't understand their whole logic. I mean, yeah, there's none. No, there isn't. It's just the owners and the players have such a deep mistrust of each other, mm. and this is only going to make this the next round of CBA negotiations a bigger <laughs> show, because the CBA expires in a year. Oh, yeah. I believe it's supposed to expire at the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, good fucking luck. I mean, after this, there it's gonna be it's gonna be war. If they couldn't agree on, like you said, July 4th, that would be fucking awesome. Long ass weekend for most people. You can just sit on your couch or go outside and watch them, watch the teams play, no matter where they are. I would do that. I mean, I, I think the Tigers are gonna be complete 
anus this year. Yeah. But I would watch baseball if it had a three, if it had a four week jump on the NBA coming back because once the NBA comes back, I'm all in on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, baseball, you had your chance. I think yeah, the problem. The chili. Yeah, baseball <laughs> definitely. Baseball spilled the chili. The the other problem too is that I'm not sure. Like baseball over the last like 10 years has become such it's become localized, right? Like I'll watch football. I'll watch NFL games that don't feature the lions. I actually prefer NFL games that don't feature the lions. If we're being honest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll watch other basketball games that don't have the Pistons in it. Again, probably prefer that, but you know, I'll watch teams that aren't my own. If you're going to ask me to sit down on a, on a Sunday night and watch Angels Phillies, yeah. I'm not going to. And that's a problem because the sport's two biggest stars play for the Angels and the Phillies. <laughs> Rob Manfred, the, the commissioner of the MLB, should absolutely just be fired. I mean, for not even like – I mean, we got to factor in what he's done with this debacle of not bringing back the season on time or even on some type of reasonable schedule, but also what he did with the Astros scandal. Like, he, he, I don't know how you botch that so bad. Then you come in and you, you're like, oh, wait, hold my beer. And you come in and just absolutely just death blow to the sport. Disaster. I mean, I, I thought Gary Bettman was the worst commissioner in sports <laughs> and Rob Manfraud said <laughs> that's that's cute let me do this i i don't like i haven't liked him since he took i didn't like bud Selig that much but i don't like manfred at all uh, he, he's nope. completely fucked this whole thing up and he's gonna ruin major league baseball again it's 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 gonna happen to where 2022 is going to be a shortened strike season again you know what's heading that way yep i i think the way forward for baseball is not to fundamentally change the game, no, but to make things about the game that already exist within the game and like embrace it, right? Golf has embraced its length, right? Like golf, like if you go, like if you watch golf, you know it's an all day thing. And it's not as popular when Tiger's not in the hunt but it's, you know, it's, it's stable. You know, that's what baseball needs is stability. And I think if whatever new commissioner comes in, I think you just need to, you need to embrace some of the other stuff. Like this whole unwritten rules bullshit, it's got to go. It's just all this stupid (laughs) shit. Like you throw at my guy, I throw at your guy. We chirp, 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 chirp. It just goes back and forth. It's just, it's, it's not worth it. It's and this whole like this whole stance against like bat flips and pimping home runs, like let the players do it. Right. And this is my hottest take about baseball is like they should just legalize steroid use. I agree a hundred percent with you. I'm yep. I'm one of I'm one of the people who thinks Barry Bond should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. The GOAT. He for like uh, what Daniel Tosh said, and I think I might have I might have said this earlier in the podcast when we first started it. For Daniel Tosh said this for every Barry Bonds, there's like 300 minor leaguers who do steroids and can't do shit. He did exactly. the steroids, sure, 
But Barry Bonds was already fucking good when he took the steroids. He was like a two or three time MVP. Yeah. I I I I'm so stunned that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He'll never be in the Hall of Fame Mm-mm. because the old ass Baseball Writers Association will will not do it. And it's just such a joke because Dan Lebetard sold his Hall of Fame vote to Deadspin, and I don't like Deadspin, but he thinks it's such a joke. Others should think that too and, and start voting these guys in like Clemens and um, Bonds and who's, I don't know who the other two would be. But Seiko, Maguire, Sosa. Yeah, Sosa, Maguire, yeah. All those guys. And the thing about those guys is they were already legendary hitters before they started juicing. <laughs> yeah, the right? Bash brothers. Yeah, if I do a cycle, if I do a st- cycle of steroids and I step out into a a major league baseball and I face a major league baseball pitcher, I'm not even coming close to hitting him. I'm just <laughs> no. not. No. Like you and still need to be able to see the ball and have the timing and have the good mechanics. You just get, get more power. And that's what people like is power. Like get rid of the steroid relegations and get rid of the pitcher hitting. I hate seeing the pitcher hit because if it's a close game, it takes the drama out of it. Like, yeah, he's got a bunter strike out. Yeah, he's going to strike out or, or hit, get a bloop hit or ground out. There's no fun in it. Like, get, give me the designated hitter in both leagues. Just fucking do it. Or make it a lineup of eight. Just do one of those two things. I agree with that. Yeah. And like, even think back to when we were younger, when Barry Bonds was going for the home run record. Uh-huh. I mean, that was like I, – I wasn't even, like, into baseball. I mean, I really only became big into baseball probably, like – 2004 2005 once the tiger started spending money but before that like everything just focused on what sosin mcguire are doing right or what barry bonds is doing like that it was always fun to just hear what barry like oh barry bonds he's three home runs away or whatever yeah it's just like hitting his stats from those seasons are like they're better than a video game it's insane there it was so awesome when he was going for hank aaron's record that like baseball, like I would keep ESPN on and baseball tonight on and just wait for like the dun, 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 because then I immediately look at the television and see, oh shit, Barry Bonds is coming up to bat. And when he got to bat and hit the, the breaking home run, mm-hmm. I got chills when that happened. And I still get chills because, like, sure, people do that whole asterisk bullshit, but that's fucking history. Yeah. Like baseball needs to market its players like the NFL does. And they could pretty easily climb back up into people's good graces. If they can get this this whole dispute fixed, get the players more marketable. Because Mike Troy, Mike Troy, Mike Trout's pretty awesome. <laughs> and Bryce Harper is pretty, pretty marketable. Along with, you know, a couple of years ago, Mickey would have been probably the most marketable player in the league, but they really didn't do it. No. If they can fix those three things and get the CBA together, then they can really – they can really make a run for the NFL again, but I think the NFL's our real pastime now, in my opinion. Sorry, I went off on a tangent on it. No, I I couldn't agree more with you. And it'd be fun almost if MLB, like this season with the shortened season, they went to like almost the College World Series format where you had mostly every team in. You just had a best two out of three series and just let them play it out. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. Why not try it out? Every like all these leagues like the NHL, they're doing their twenty-four team tournament. Just try it out. Just see what happens. Can't wait. 
Yeah, so that's what that's baseball. That's baseball talk, folks. Uh, <laughs> I think Lucas, that's our first baseball segment on this show. <laughs> that that it, that's gonna be that's probably gonna be our last too. Uh, yeah, besides the besides the flippant tigers or ass comment that I might make every now and again. Or yeah, because the drafts this week, isn't it? Tomorrow, yeah. They Tomorrow. Yeah, they agreed. They basically they agreed. I don't think it can Orkelson. become official yet. Yeah. Yeah. Who broke Barry Bonds' records at Arizona State? And he's an absolute, just like they said, he's an historical hitter. So, I mean, that's exciting for us, but too bad we might not see him for three years because there might be no baseball this year and two years. Who knows? Right. Okay. (laughs) So, are we talking uh, a little bit of movies? Yeah, Lucas, I think, you know, you have a you have a hard-ranging Nolan boner, so we're just going to yes, let you. Yes, I'm excited for this. We're going to let totally, you spooge. Okay, the millions of listeners have been craving for this content, but I totally forgot the last two weeks to talk about Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan banger. I'm going to call it a banger. I might get old takes exposed, but I don't think Love he it. misses. But that's just my very, very heavy stance on him. Uh, the new trailer came out like what two weeks ago on fucking Fortnite. Sorry, Mitch. It's stupid that Fortnite got the trailer. It is. I get why the game's fun, but I think if Chris Nolan actually knew what Fortnite was, he'd be like, "The fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and I downloaded that fucking game, and it took so long that the trailer came online before the game was done downloading. So I didn't even play it. But anyway. New trailer came out, and it had this interesting line at the end, say, coming to theaters. Date was gone. Original date, July 17th. It's been rumored that Warner would move it to August 12th to move Wonder Woman 84 to December and move Dune to February or March, you know, a large trickle-down effect. But when that trailer dropped online, the tenant Twitter came back to July 17th and a bunch of shit's been happening today where uh, California is allowing movie theaters to reopen this Friday with I think like 25% capacity or something something sounds crazy but I'll get to it later in a minute and AMC theaters just announced today that they plan to reopen 90% of their theater 98% of their theaters in time for Tenet and Mulan because Mulan comes out July 24th. So they're going to share the theaters and people are really looking at those dates because New York city might not, might not open theaters. The state of New York might, but the New York city has enough jurisdiction to dictate that their way. And I'm starting to think I might get old takes exposed, watch like in a day shit happens even more, but I really think this movie's coming out July 17th. I firmly believe that. And people are bitching about the capacity of the movie theater, but like most movie theaters average 25 to 30% capacity for a year. So it's really not going to make much of a difference in my opinion, no matter what movie comes out. But this, this is going to be very interesting to see because we're either going to look back at it and the movie's going to make a fuckload of money and we're going to go, okay, right idea. Or they're going to look at it and go, maybe we should have waited another month or two. I'm really interested to see how this movie does because I'm going to see it no matter what. Obviously I'm going to be safe about it and 
social distance and all that shit. Not shit like in a derogatory way, but all that stuff that we're going to have to do. Um, but I, I really think, I really am curious to see how this movie is going to perform. It's been on my mind for a while, as you can tell. Like, I'm really like, I've been moving from the, okay, it's going to get delayed to, you know what? This thing's coming out because Warner Brothers has said we want 80% of theaters open and it sounds like it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm really hoping on it. I mean, I think I need something to distract me from, from doing nothing most days besides working and recording and hanging out with Cassie, who's going to go watch it with me, of course. What but relation? What relation is Cassie to you again? I she can't... is my my spouse. <laughs> okay, she's, she's my wife. There, my, my wife. wife. <laughs> um, so that that's my little tangent I'm going on. I just wanted to touch on that a little bit since we didn't get to it. It didn't feel right, especially last week. Like, okay, let's talk about um, all the stuff going on in America, and now let's talk about Tenet. Like that didn't. <laughs> well, we kind of right. did that for Star Wars, but you know, right. Yeah, but that didn't feel right for me, so I wanted to do it this this way. Yeah, you know, I think I think Tenant, I think Tenant's probably going to be the first movie to to open up theaters. Um, you know, restaurants opened in Michigan yesterday, and I mm-hmm. and I went with friends, and you know they're doing the fifty percent capacity thing, and you know the wait staff is wearing masks, and like about a quarter of the way through dinner, I was like. This is lasting a week minimum. Because, like, there's no way, like, restaurants are going to continue doing this half-capacity thing. They're just going to let everybody in. It doesn't, oh, you, like, think, you think they're going to break the rules? Okay. Yeah, and, like, here's, like, someone, I, I quote-tweeted it earlier, dunking on the guy, but someone posted a video of Harper's last night. And, oh, and you know, Harper's was, it was, it was packed. And, you know, I think... I think the message has kind of gotten lost about why we were doing this like shelter in place thing. You know, I agree with it. I agreed with it then. I agree with it now. I think it was the right thing to do. And I think it, it did save a lot of lives. Oh, absolutely. But it wasn't to, it wasn't so that people didn't get sick. It was so that the healthcare system didn't collapse from the demand of, of beds needed. You and know what so I mean? I couldn't get my hair cut either. That's what happened. Yeah, Lucas, I'm sure you were real busted up about not being able to get your hair cut. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had to, just had to put that in there. <laughs> but, it, you know, now that we're starting to reopen again, right, under the consent and advice of medical professionals, what, how productive is it to, shave other, to shame other people for doing the things that they're allowed to do? It just, it just isn't. And, like saying that like oh look at these college kids making a bad decision yeah dude college kids makes bad decisions all the fucking time mm, like i used to drink society. i used to drink other people's drinks off of tables at ricks like do you really think that like i'm i'm gonna get covid like <laughs> i'm fucking invincible i'm pretty <laughs> <laughs> i lived in i lived at a fraternity house i am set for life nothing can get me <laughs> I take no, my I mean, vitamin D, uh, as they say, and that, that's preventing it all from happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lucas is also immune. No, I mean, I, I agree with both of your comments. I mean, if these places are going to be open and people are going to go to, like, 
I don't see the point of saying, oh, you shouldn't be at Harper's. I mean, if it's open, it's open. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like the purpose of the shutdown wasn't to make sure nobody ever gets the, the virus. It was to make sure that we were able to stockpile enough medical supplies and prep the healthcare system for eventual people to get COVID. And then going back to kind of what Lucas said with Tenet, I mean, this is definitely going to be an experiment in what the future of movies is going to look like. Right. Uh, it seems like the de- the so-called death of movie theaters has been talked about for quite some time now. Um, so having a movie of this type of level, I mean, this is, it doesn't get much bigger than a Christopher Nolan movie. No. Um, so, I mean, that, co- that going to be the first like main, that's going to be the movie of the summer and the first one post the COVID quarantine. So I'm very interested as well to kind of see what they do with that. I mean, if it's only in theaters, I'll go to the theater. I'll be safe. I'll wear a hazmat suit if I need to. I need to see <laughs> yeah. this movie. But also, if they if they do something where it's in theaters the first night or two, and then they start putting it on streaming services for uh, an additional fee, maybe almost like a, a pay-per-view type thing, where you can pay whatever amount they put, maybe it's yeah. twenty nine ninety nine to go see the movie, or even up it from there. I think this is going to be the first test of the future of movie releases. And I don't, I think they're going to hit it out of the park because this is something everybody wants to see. But the one thing that's going to scare people about this movie is the rumored runtime. It's, it's nothing's confirmed, but it's rumored to be three hours and 15 minutes long, which okay. um, it, it's unclear whether or not it's going to be that length. That's just the rumored runtime because I yeah. believe, I believe IMAX like projectors can only hold like three hours worth of film reel or something. They, yeah, they could barely handle Interstellar. Yeah, mm. so I think I think that time's gonna come down. I, I, I'm I, guessing two hours and thirty minutes, something like that. He's, I he's would I would say he's gonna push. He's gonna push as close to three as he can get, but I don't think right. he's gonna go because he wants it to be seen in IMAX and he wants it people to go see it in IMAX. So I think it's going to go, I think it's going to be as close to three hours as you can humanly get. Right. You don't want to know how much I'd pay for this movie if it came to streaming. I'm not going to. How, how much, how, Brett, you, <laughs> what's your living situation? I live, I live at my childhood home right now. So yeah, no, I'm in the same, I'm in the same situation as I'm going through grad school just to kind of, so I'm able to pay my way through. Uh, okay. That's probably more personal details than people want to know about me. But I mean, that, that also gives me the ability to, um, I mean, if they stream this and they put a certain number on it, I'm going to go to the number. Like, it's almost like a reverse type of like game show. Like they're going to set the number and I'm just going to say yes. Yeah. I'm smashing that button and entering my pin number on Google movies. Uh, People will pay a hundred dollars for a a fight. Like, and I, that that could last 10 seconds. Like if, if we're guaranteed a near three hour Christopher Nolan movie, I pay fight prices. Yeah, that's what that you know. I think that might be some. I think that might be something that studios can start experimenting with. It's not going to be Tenant because Nolan. Nolan's be. a freak. Nolan's a freak about traditional releases and people seeing his movies in IMAX and in like forty millimeter and all that Ooh. shit. I, but, I could see if like Tenant's out for a month or two months and it's underperforming, I could see a very fast video release for it. I think if there's a second wave, Disney might try it with Black Widow. 
I think if a second wave like, comes oh and God. we kind of have to go back to the same situation we were earlier in the year, right? Disney might try something like that with Black Widow, where like forty dollars you know, to all the it. states, right? All the states aren't going to yeah. close again. Some states just want Georgia's not going to be able to go back to where they were. I mean, they're just, Florida probably won't either. No, most no. most states aren't going to be able to go back if there's a second wave. So Disney might go, you know, if you want to be safe, we'll put it up for $65. You only get to watch it. There's no like 48 hour period where you can watch it again afterwards. Once you start it, you have to finish it and then it's over and it's gone. You have to pay, you have to pay another 60 to, to see it again. I can see them. I can see them mm -hmm. trying to do something like that. Because if you like say like, I, I usually go to the movie theater with my, my wife and her, her family. So that's five people, you know, breaking that, say they all come over here to watch it. That's 13 bucks a person. That's, and we have our home, our bathrooms, our food, our drinks, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a pretty much a wash. If not, you're saving money kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that would hold that back would be people just going like, I bet. And then just putting it up on like put locker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that the thing the... that scares me is, like, I'll be on 4chan, and then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, here's Tenet. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so gullible. I'd be like, should I click on this? Yeah, I probably <laughs> should watch this movie. <laughs> it was almost like what happened with the Game of Thrones leaks. Oh, like God. You, they would they'd pop up, like, the Friday uh, Thursday, Friday before. And, I, I mean, I, I would always oh. – I couldn't help it. Like, I would see it on Twitter, and I would – they're like, oh, uh, here's this clip of this i'm like yeah that didn't happen i press the button and you watch it you watch the fucking dragon get taken down by the night king i'm like oh man that's sick but oh that ruined the show warner brothers is going to be the main experiment here or guinea pig for this because they've got tenet and then uh four weeks later they got wonder woman which i'd argue mm. is definitely bigger for them in terms of money I'm just being honest because yeah. it's 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 the flagship DC franchise and it's the only good DC movie. <laughs> um, I could see if Tenet, if it's like three weeks out and Tenet's underperforming, I could probably see Warner Brothers make a quick pivot and say, you know what, we're bumping Wonder Woman to Christmas or next year. I'm like, take the loss and go next year. I could really see them, see them hit the panic button with that one because how Tenet does is going to dictate what Warner's does and it's going to dictate what Disney does. It's going to dictate what Paramount and all those people do. Like it's going to dictate whether we get James Bond this year. It's mm -hmm. Tenet's going to be the biggest experiment in a long time for movies. Maybe in movie history. Yeah. Other than maybe going to like a sound or color movie. I mean, it's, it's right. that, it's that important. Because we've never been through this before. So we're right. going to see what, I think people are going to go see the movie. Honestly, there, there is a crave for it. But I just I really hope it performs well because I think Nolan gets should get the right to make whatever movie he wants. But mm -hmm. who knows what's going to happen? I, I just want everybody to be safe. But if if it's not performing, then obviously we're not ready to do it yet. We're not ready to go back fully, and I, I get it either way. Yeah, you know I think it'll be a interesting discussion going forward. You know to see kind of where everyone's at because i think that michigan opened a lot sooner than people were expecting like i wasn't expecting restaurants to open until july 4th at any Me too. 
at any mm -hmm. capacity. So now that we might be like fully back by July 4th, I think kind of speaks to how well we were doing flattening the curve. And again, right. It wasn't, we weren't doing this so people could like not get sick. Like people it, are still going to get sick. That's it's, it's inevitable for some of us. Right. And, but it, it was done so that, you know, we could protect our most vulnerable populations and so that the healthcare system didn't collapse under the weight of this enormous demand of a disease that we know that we still know very little about that there's no vaccine for that there's no really that there's really no concrete treatment option for and Myself. now that now that we're kind of at a point where we can reopen that you know we'll be you know people are going to do what they can do. Yeah. And I think we'll know in two weeks, really, where we're actually at mm -hmm. just based on the openings of States combined with uh, the protest and the thousands of people who've gone out to support uh, the black lives matter movement. So I really think in two weeks, we're going to see exactly where we're at. I mean, if, if we get absolutely just obliterated with cases, <laughs> I mean, say goodbye to the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, the second wave got sped up by four months or so. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I mean, like you said, I, I don't even know what to predict, but we're going to know in two weeks. Yeah. <sighs> well, Lucas, if you don't have anything else about theaters or movies or anything, I don't really have anything else to talk about that's not. No, no just, just say no one blessed, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's bring in Mitch and let's talk about A New Hope. All right, Mitch is here and we're here to talk about a good Star Wars movie. Fucking finally. We're here to talk about a, we're here to talk about A New Hope. And first first thought right off the top of my head, I can't think about the title of this movie without thinking about the gag in Arrested Development where Tobias gets a gets a license plate and it and it's supposed to say a new start, but like it's all scrunched <laughs> together so it looks like anus tart. <laughs> Cause oh. it's spelled like A N A N U S T R T. <laughs> so it was like fucking anus tart, like when he's dry. Oh, so good. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this this movie, it was such a delight to go from episode three, which isn't horrible. It's not like you're ending it on a completely dumping pants note, but you, you go kind of are a little huh? bit, a little bit. You kind of are a little bit. You get a little bit of shart, uh, to, to quote Xandra, a little bit of shart. But, um, and to the, just to go to this, like I, Cassie watched it with me and it she she watched these movies like one through nine like she started at one because she was a little kid when one came out and worked her way up whereas you know i watched them the og way um and oh my god i haven't seen this movie in so long and i still could not take my eyes off the fucking screen it is it is a I wouldn't say a perfect movie, but it's a perfect science fiction movie. And I love the shit out of sci-fi movies. So I just want to start with saying how much I still fucking love this movie. 
And I've got a lot of notes too. Not nearly as many as episode three because episode three is basically me ripping on it the whole time. But um, yeah, I, this movie's an easy 95 out of a hundred for me. It's, it's one of the most impactful movies in my life. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, this was the first star Wars movie I watched and I, when you watch it, you almost feel like a little kid again. I mean, I, I've never seen it before, but like you get that, you get that feeling of like when you're a kid watching something, it's just like that cool, you know? It's like, yeah. hey, this is like, this is sick. Uh, it's, yeah, it's near perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think I I really enjoyed um, going back and revisiting this movie. You know, it's a movie I watch pretty often. Um, I think, you know, I think it's kind of cool because you – especially with like the special editions, you can kind of see like the genesis of the problems that the prequels had. Oh yeah. I've got it in my notes. And, but there's still so much good there. And like George kind of George, I said this before, George works best when he's, when he's a showrunner right where he can give overall notes and he can oversee everything but he's not he's not balls deep in in the creative process because i think you know for as gifted of as a visual storyteller he is he's not a great script writer mm-hmm. and you know you can kind of see it here like you can kind of tell like what's a line that Lucas wrote and what's a line that like they came up with on their own because they were like, we're getting paid like $2,000 and we're in fucking Tunisia. We're not saying this shit. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to, we're we're just going to improv and and all in the only note George is going to give is better faster. So, (laughs) yep. So yeah, Lucas, you you came up with another comprehensive note sheet, so we can just we you, you can just kind of direct conversation based off your notes, and then we can just okay. kind of talk from there. Mitch, did you have anything to say before we start? No, I mean it, it's just it it's you know it's where it it's where I started. Like that's right. it, you know you start you start four or five four or five six, and I just you know it's amazing, and then. Uh, like Brett said, like it does, it takes you back to when you're a little kid, even like in his case, like um, he hadn't watched it before now, but like you can just tell with like the graphics and like, you know, and, and everything I you just remember sitting with your dad or your mom or whoever, just watching this movie. Like the first time I watched this, I, it was on VHS. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like. You know, I, we used to have the box. I used to have the box set. I don't. Mm-hmm. I probably don't have it anymore. But oh, like, my mom has it still. She has a. She has the original Jurassic Park VHS. So like, yeah. I need to look at that stuff. But and yeah, yeah I agree. Like, my, and my mom was 27 when this came out, and she was just fucking blown away because I asked her about it because I told her we've been doing this, and she's like, "Imagine being your age when something." like groundbreaking like this came out we'd never seen anything like it before in movies and it's and I, and she said she watched it on disney plus and she's like it still holds up and i'm right there with her and it's i wish i could have been around to see this movie when it first came out 
But um, okay. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Now I'm, I'm a little bit of a normie. My Star Wars knowledge I need to buff up on again. But you know, in Empire, you know, Darth could feel that Luke was his son, correct? Before we, before we got to the pivotal moment, right? I believe that subtext. I don't think. I okay. mean, looking back on it, it makes sense that he would know. Right. But I believe that's. I believe that subtext. Okay, because my first thing was I don't understand how Darth did not know it's his daughter because he was like we said with Episode Three, he's the most force sensitive person ever at that moment. And how does he not know that his his son and well and his daughter are still alive i mean eventually he'd kind of feel especially if he's right there interrogating her that's just something that i i need i need to brush up on on that shit again i used to know it but i think in that, the, in four go, go ahead Mitch. Go go ahead. i no, think no, i think that a, a good workaround for that is mm. vader just doesn't care i don't think mm. I think he's so committed to the mission that he's not, he doesn't really care. And that once it's kind of confirmed that Luke is his son, like he can, he may be able to, he knows that Luke is strong in the force. He does know that. Yeah. But I just don't think that he cares. I'm not really sure why he doesn't know that, Lucas's son, considering he has his father's last name, that was kind of a weird choice on <laughs> Owen and Baru's part. So right. I'm like, yeah, you're Luke Skywalker, and like not being like, you're Luke Smith. Yeah, or like <laughs> you're. That was kind of a that was kind of a weird move uh, on your part, folks. Yeah. I, I think I think part of it is at least in the beginning. Um, He's not really connect. Luke is not really connected to the Force yet. Like, like you know, everyone has the Force in them and everything, but like he isn't yet a Force wielder. Mm. You know, like in the in the very beginning. So like, like cause, skill yet, right? Yeah, because like he senses Obi Wan like almost instantly. He like <laughs> like you know once Obi Wan's around, he's like, uh, I right. feel something. And, and and then, but he can't tell Luke. Right. Or maybe Obi-Wan Force is so strong that it was masking Luke because it isn't strong enough yet. Probably. I think there's some Legends comics that kind of explain stuff like that. Um, but I'm sure we'll get I'm sure we'll get some answers to that in the upcoming Obi-Wan show should it should it ever start production. Please yeah. happen. Um, and just refresh my memory, how did R2 and C-3PO end up on that rebel ship. Like, I, I know they popped up in Rogue One as sort of a member berries moment, but how did they end up on that ship exactly? Because R2 knows exactly who these people are, and C-3PO has his memory wipe, but, like, R2's just sitting there kind of keeping the secret. Like, did I miss something uh, on how those two ended up on that rebel ship when Darth Vader interrogated them? I mean, I believe that they're rebellion droids. I don't know if, like, okay. Leia, like, owns them. Like, I'm not sure what the situation is there. I don't think okay. they ever explained it. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I just was – that's just a question I had. Uh, the 
I had to bring this up. The droids in the Jawa ship, the trait, the the little Jawa droids, um, they're really creepy as hell. Upon retrospect, and like the alien, the droid that looks like an alien, he's got the big ass bug eyes, and then it's like they ask someone to just decorate up a trash can and give it legs because there's a droid that literally has the opening of a trash can. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I had to write that down, and. Now here's something that I'm going to go ugh to. Uh, when when they're when they are going to or no not when they're going to but like when R2 and 3PO are just walking in the sand and they added in like those sand camels and shit. It just does not age well. That that's something that I felt was so unnecessary, but that's just one of the first things that's like yeah, that's a definitely a precursor to Lucas adding more shit in and being a little overkill with this stuff. Yep. I yeah. mean, um, uh, yeah, we've talked about it in the other runs. Like, he just, he's he's extra. He's just, <laughs> he's, he's extra. He's, he's, he's extra. And I had to mention this. I, when they when they were looking for the droids in the desert, I just couldn't help but think of space balls when they say, the <laughs> "Yeah, oh my god, that's one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever." Man, we space- found shit <laughs> <laughs> on the desert. <laughs> oh my god, I I had to do that. I, I, that's one of my favorite comedy scenes ever. And um, a big shout out to young Mark Hamill. Luke is very handsome, very handsome man. Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Fellas, what what's stopping you from looking like this? Um, uh, genetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, food. Uh, um, quarantine. Food. Gen- hundred and thirty pa- Hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that I just thought that's that um big hot tub that C three PO goes in for like maybe two minutes when Luke finds him or buys them off of the Jawas. I thought that was really interesting because I don't think we ever see that type of thing again in the main in the main uh, saga. Just like C-3PO was so famished and all of a sudden gets dipped in this hot tub and boom, he's out. Fresh new coat, looking looking fly as hell. Like that that's that was like, okay. And did 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 George Lucas write all these movies together or did he just kind of write the plots together? He, I believe that he had the original script completely written out and then he broke it up into three movies. Okay. So the whole trilogy was, was planned, but obviously Empire and Jedi underwent some rewrites. Right. Because, yeah, he might have some weird fantasy about incest or something sometimes because like when he first sees Leia, he's like, oh, she's beautiful. And he's kind of a simp for her throughout the movie. And I know that's, I know that's kind of a misdirection because then you find out they're brother and sister, but it's just a little weird at times for me. Don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe that Luke and Leia being brother and sister was something that was added later. Makes sense now. Okay. I can buy that because I believe, I believe that was something that they were talking. I believe they were planning out when Lucas brought on Lawrence Kasdan Okay. Kind of basically, he basically did a page one rewrite of the stuff Lucas had left. And I believe. I mean, I'm, you know. It worked out. Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. 
and in a fucking perfect movie. And I believe that he added in the Luke and Leia sister thing. Okay. After, because you kind of, they hint at it at the end of Empire because Leia know, knows that Luke is in trouble and she right. tells Lando to go back for him. When, he, when he's hanging out of that, out of that spaceship. Yeah. yeah. So I believe that, I believe that they knew, I believe that came after A New Hope. Okay. I was just wanting to bounce that off you guys a little bit. It's a little, it's a little uh, present in this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and I have to shout out the blue milk that's at the uh, that's at Aunt Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's house. Uh, I was wondering. I was wondering when you were going to bring up Galaxy's Edge. As many of you, yeah, you made it through three Star Wars <laughs> podcasts without bringing up Galaxy's Edge, and I have to tell you, I appreciate your restraint. Well, blame this one on Cassie because she pointed out, and I was just sitting there looking at my phone, taking notes, and she goes, "Hey, look, the blue milk." She's like, "Oh my god, that was so good!" And actually, was pretty good. It's basically just slush, like some sort of flavored slush, but that was pretty good. Um, I have been to Disney World, so I just wanted to put. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Disney, if you're listening, yeah. we appreciate a sponsorship. Sponsor the pod, yes. Disney. We will, we'll uh, fly out there July 11th when you reopen. I mean, just just get us out there. Um, Rand, did you um, did you go to Harry Potter World at all, or did you only make the Disney parks? Oh my God, dude, we only got to Disney. Like we did. Okay. We did two, two or we did like two days Disney World, day off, but like did Disney Springs and shit. Yeah, and then we did two days Disney, and then we were gone. I wanted to go Universal, but I wanted to be like, maybe if I had two and a half or like a week and a half off or two weeks off, yeah, because I wanted to see Harry Potter World, and I want to see Springfield and all that shit, and Jurassic. I was just wondering. I I was just wondering how uh, the blue milk compares to butter beer, but. Ooh, well, my best friend has been to Harry Potter World twice, and he loved the butter beer. Butterbeer is so, like cream soda. It's just like yeah, it's, it's really not that. It's really I not. I not that like it. So I'm not just, a big cream soda fan. Right. I wasn't. I exactly. So I wasn't either. Right. So I was just wondering. It tastes it. like um, watered down slush, but like with blue flavoring. It tastes. It tastes fine. You got to try it. You know. Um, yeah, I was supposed to go, and then coronavirus oh, yeah, shut the right, Because we were talking about it. I remember. <laughs> um, You'll get there someday, man. It's gonna. Yeah. It, they're gonna be back, but they're gonna be back to normal eventually. Um, and I still get choked up when he's looking out at the moons, like you know, kind of resting on that um, that that sand bump, and that music plays. Oh my God! I did not think I would get that emotional again, but just like after watching those and all the shit that he's went through in this trilogy, and then the, what happens in the Last Jedi and all that, like. Man, this that really hit me in the feels again. That that was a pretty cool moment to see once again. I love that one. And is it just me or did the binoculars suck that they used when they were looking for R two? Like they're just these shitty ass had static all over them, like firing up an old uh, antenna TV or something. That was just like, what the hell is this? They're no. supposed to have incredible technology and they can't they can't get these binoculars to work. Right. You know, one thing that the prequels I think did well was 
a lot of people bitched about this. It was like, it's supposed to take place before the movies. How come all the ships they have are nicer? And I actually kind of <laughs> like that because it kind of shows the disparity, like, like what the rebels were working with when they were like trying to take down this fascist empire. You know, like they were basically, you know, to quote, um, to cross over franchises here, they were they were working in a cave with a box of scraps. You know, they were just... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so I think, I think that was pretty cool how they showed like how shitty everything they have is like how dirty the ships are, like how beat up all the tech is like how beat up Luke's land speeder is like, it just kind of, it's nice. It's a nice little detail of world building that you don't really appreciate until you're staring at, until your eyes are strained from looking at CGI for two hours. You know what I mean? Right, like he's got to beat up the equivalent of like a 1993 Ford Escort, you know, two-door sedan with the seatbelts that have the track on them, and people are bitching about that. Like, that's way more realistic than what we saw in some parts of Star Wars, but it's still cool to see. Like the, like you said, the difference. I really enjoy that. And I'm sure George Lucas would love to just throw in a bunch of new CGI ships on these movies. You know, you know he'd love to do that with these with these films. Oh yeah, he George George is chomping at the bit to get another special edition. <laughs> There's probably a George cut in the Disney vault somewhere with all of his little. They're, they're probably like and... sounds good and just like let him <laughs> let him have it. Yeah. Um, like it was funny, you know, when he when he first meets Obi Wan and he's like, "I was friends with your father, you know, for a long time." I just wish he would have said. I was friends with, you, with your father until I fucked his shit up. <laughs> he thought that was fucking his wife. <laughs> I thought he thought I was banging your mother. <laughs> and then he choked her out. It was real fucked up. <laughs> I had to cut his legs off. He may have committed a light choking. <clears throat> a light force I'm obsessed choke. with that thing. Now. You planted that seed in my head again. I've been saying that all fucking day. Um, it would have been funny because, like, you know, okay, Obi, this is one thing that the original tri- or the prequel trilogy doesn't help resolve with the original trilogy is, you know, when he sees the message from Leia, you know, help me, you're my only hope, etc. And Luke is just like drooling. He's like, um, oh, that hound dog from the old cartoons. I forget his name. The Tex Avery wolf. Tex Avery, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just looking at her like with drool coming out of his face. Oh, we want you to look over him and like, uh, hey, uh, don't uh, don't try it, Luke. Trust me. Like, I, I, just I know. Don't 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 go after her. Okay. What are you doing, step bro? <laughs> the Corey Chase gif of yeah. Oh. Yeah, the the video Ted Cruz liked. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch porn, but I have heard great things. <laughs> <laughs> but man, when Vader is that general's, how who the fuck talks to this giant seven foot tall machine like he's a fucking imbecile? Like that general is just talking down to him. Yeah, that guy. That guy had a lot of balls. <sighs> that would be like that'd be like going up to Tom Cruise and be like, "Scientology is for fucking idiots." Like. <laughs> Even though Tom Cruise is four foot five, Tom Cruise is four foot five. He learned how to fly a heli. He learned how to stunt fly a helicopter in a fucking weekend. 
That's a guy I don't want to fuck with. But like, I don't care look, how look. tall Tom Cruise is. He's still kicking my ass. Like Tom, Tom Cruise, the fudge packer. Oh, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Never wow, forget that episode up. is not on Comedy Central or the DVDs. You can't find that. <laughs> you can't find that episode fucking anywhere, no, dude. It's gone. But I remember. I remember that episode. That was like the peak of my South Park fandom. We're gonna, Brett. You just started me off on a tangent. God <laughs> Go damn ahead. You. Let's do it. That episode came out at the peak of my South Park fandom, and like I had gone through and I was watching all of them on SouthParkStudios.com. Just like, oh, man, remember that? Time machine. Yeah. To waste my summers doing that shit when I was younger. So, like, I already knew about, like, Trapped in the Closet and the history they had with Tom <laughs> Cruise and all that stuff. And I just remember, like, them trying to kidnap Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> From what I heard, Tom Cruise, like, watched that Fudgebacker episode and, like, immediately called Paramount. <laughs> well like, no that's what they did with trapped in the closet like he right. was like he's like i'm not doing another movie unless you pull that episode from recirculation yeah. but you can find trapped in the closet can't you yeah trapped in the closet's on hulu yeah it's on hulu <laughs> yeah so it'll be on hbo max when south park switches over to hbo max next month if we ever get it on roku oh don't get me started but uh, <laughs> any anyway like when there's just so such a great scene to kind of set because Darth Vader, you really don't know how intimidating he is. You know, you just see him talk to Leia, and he's like, okay, give us the fucking coordinates and all that shit. But then that general's just like, you study this stupid ancient art, art called the Force, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden his throat closes, and oh my god, that line, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Like, the way James Earl Jones delivered it, whew, oh lordy, um, and it made me think about a really funny SNL skit, which is rare right now, but it's a really funny SNL skit from 2015, right when Force Awakens came out and Adam Driver hosted uh, an episode. And it was a fake SNL auditions for uh, Force Awakens. And John Boyega is actually in the, in the audition. And he's like uh, talking, he's like, I think the Force should have more to do with uh, with the face and the hands. And then all of a sudden you hear Bobby Moynihan as George Lucas. He's like in the background, he goes, wrong. And then John's like, oh, is that George Lucas? Because yeah, that's not how the force is used. And so I'm not George Lucas. Like he's doing the Jedi mind tricks. And he just like asks for a diet co or a Coke Zero and they don't have it. And he says, I find your lack of Coke Zero disturbing. Star Wars. <laughs> Gives us all a shout out. I know that's a wrong tangent, but that fucking cracks me up every time. And now we're going the other way. How the fuck did they kill his aunt and uncle so fast to where they were literally incinerated skeletons? <laughs> what the fuck did that? <laughs> fire, fire be crazy, dog. <laughs> that's just, that's my comment. Fire be crazy, dog. I don't. Yeah. Fire's on a different level. But, uh, and when they go when they go back to the city, I thought the street rats added in those little creatures that just jump around. That was so dumb and obvious that it was added in. It just does not look good. And I laughed so hard when they pull up to the stormtroopers and that giant lizard just oh, 
right in front of the screen. Like, hey, check this out. Look what I can do. You know, look at this. So I had a lizard here and I had some rats here. So that's what I did. You it know, just... <laughs> Sorry, the worst, <laughs> this is probably, you know, some people will say like the music number at the beginning of Return of the Jedi as the worst addition to the special, as like the worst special additions change. The, by far the worst addition to the special addition to the special editions is so the whole point in the original cut Brett in the original cut the whole point of having Greedo that scene with Greedo was because they couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with Jabba the Hutt and it was going to be too expensive to do what they wanted to do so they decided to just have Jabba off screen and have this bounty hunter which they already had the the creature effects done for come and be this guy who like sets up how dire Han's situation is. Mm, yeah. And like they like they recorded the Jabba scene with a human. Right. Like the, a human playing Jabba the Hutt and they cut it from the final movie mm-hmm. and they put it back in the special editions, but they CG Jabba in. And, it does and not, look good. not only does it not look like shit, but it's also redundant. It's, it's no. incredibly, it's incredibly redundant. Right. Like in the editing, when he steps on Jabba's tail, it's literally like they just like kind of copied and pasted Harrison Ford walking and just moved him like in a um, upside down U. Like <laughs> just kind of slowly walked over and all of a sudden you can hear, hear Jabba groan. I don't know why they need to put that scene in the movie. I agree with you. Like, you know, it was just some, wasn't it some big old dude, some big old guy? Yeah, it was like some big Scottish dude Scottish or something, guy. yeah. But it just, like, my biggest problem with it is that it's redundant. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the Greedo scene is for. Because you couldn't do the Java scene, you know what I mean? And that just kind of speaks to George's obsession with having everything be like a visual effects showcase versus, like, focusing on story. Right. Um, I wish we, the only thing we didn't do at Galaxy's Edge, I wish we got into the cantina and that cantina scene made me think about it. That shit was booked for months. We couldn't get in. Like when we started making our reservations six months in advance, it was already booked. Ooh, I'm nuts. I'm going in December. I should, um, you need to get on it. Yeah. Where do, do I do that on the Disney parks? I, I mean, I, this is, this is such bad. My, radio. The Disney world app, Disney experience. Okay. Um, I we'll talk. We'll talk we'll, about this off pod. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it off pod. Um, okay, I have a I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. So, really, the one thing that stuck out to me when I was watching this movie is, I mean, it was early on when Darth Vader blows up Alderaan. Princess Leia didn't even bat an eye. Like right. that was her family. They just got nuked, and she's just like, <laughs> "All right, we're good." Like, sounds good. I mean, that's not even a question. I guess it's just like an observation, like. like like, that's the one thing i would change in the movie like at least like show some type of like emotion yeah my cassie said that too and i'm like yeah that's a good point she's like she was asking me like what's up with that i'm like i have no fucking answer (laughs) what's up with that What's going on what's with the her? deal? What's the deal with her not batting an eye at a planet being destroyed? <laughs> um, and I laughed so hard when I saw that guy at the bar 
the canteen with the the bug with like the ass cheeks for his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like someone was just like really horny when they're designing all these uh, an- these different species and like have a fake butt on scene. Okay, yeah, let's put that right there. It's gonna look really nice. And this one, <laughs> do you do any of you remember the the guy? <laughs> Who was next to the bug guy? Who was intimidating Luke at the bar? He had like the yeah. fucked up face. I said, the "Pig well, looking, pig looking motherfucker." Like, what's Greg Henson doing at the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I'm in the like, Klu Klux Klan on Twelve Systems. <laughs> he looked like a member of like uh, the Hills Have Eyes, like one of those people mixed with Greg Henson. He looks better than Greg Henson. But... <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh my god! Oh, sorry. Oh man. But another thing George Lucas does, and he's done this like with every fucking movie I've ever seen him make, those screen wipes, like the side to side, or the vertical, uh, the vertical or the horizontal, or like the sometimes he goes at an angle. He loves the screen wipe. Well, that's like a that's a stylistic choice because this right. is supposed to be like emulating the adventure serials he saw as a kid. Oh, that's right. And that's how that's how they always wiped. So it was just kind of like a, it wasn't like. Plus, it's like cheaper to do that. Yeah, you can do that on like cheap on free editing software too. Yeah, so it's just it's easier it's easier to edit when you use wipes. So that's why the adventure serials used it and why he used it because it was just. It was just cheaper. Speaking of using wipes, um, Max Rebo band playing some sick ass jizz uh, in that in that uh, cantina. That was fucking awesome. When that came up, I'm just like started laughing. Like, oh my god, the jizz music! I'll never get over that. Like, why the fuck do you call it jizz? <laughs> oh, uh, and that's something I have to bring up when we watch. Uh, when we talk about one of the next movies, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that I think we all know the song I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely not an empire. <laughs> and that edit of Han shot first, it's so fucking bad. It, I know we've talked about it, but goddamn, I had to bring it up. It's such a horrible like jab. Like they literally just move the frame over, and then he shoots Greedo. Like what the fuck? Who cares? It's Han Solo. Ugh. And we already talked about Jabba, and and it was just it's a weird, especially with that scene Spartan Dog when when you know it's clear that Jabba was a person before. The last thing he says to Jabba is, "Jabba, you're a wonderful human being." It's just kind of weird, you know, that he says that to, to a, obviously a big slug guy. And I didn't notice that Boba Fett was there. They definitely threw that in. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing that before. But. Now, when um, they showed, there's some footage, like when they're doing like a, there's some featurette or whatever when the special editions got released on DVD. And Boba Fett is, is there. He's, okay. He's in the original version when they had the, when they had the, a human playing, playing Jabba. Okay. So he is, he one. is there. He's just. Okay. They, I think they do some kind of they do some a little magic to make him a little more prominent than he was. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah, he it didn't seem as obvious when I saw that deleted scene a long time ago. And 
then what a flex by Grand Moff Tarkin to like be like, hey, Leia, give us the coordinates. And she does. And he's like, just kidding. Here's your planet. We're going to fucking destroy it. That, <laughs> that dude, was awesome. That dude fucking ruled. I want I want more on Tarkin's switch. Not, I guess he was always probably on the Emperor's side, but like. Right. But I want I want more on him because how how far are you in the Clone Wars? Mm, still first season. I'm I'm working on that list. Okay. Wow. Fifty essential list. Eventually, eventually there are Tarkin episodes, and then we can Sweet. we can talk about that. I can't wait to get to. Um, I had his name. He's the Blue General. Um, Thrawn. Oh yeah, the guy with the Thrawn. yeah the guy with the the red eyes or whatever yeah i'm looking forward to that um yeah. and i noticed that like on the death star that little droid that runs around that has like little wheels on it looks like a roomba it looks like it has bristles on it so maybe the droid is there just to clean <coughs> up the stormtroopers boots in case they get dirty somehow you know maybe it's a little uh cleaning droid and am i the only one who thinks that scene of luke and leia jumping that gap was just kind of yeah is that just me? Well, my biggest problem is the fact that the stormtroopers can't hit somebody who's not they're, they're just literally not moving. Like like I know I know it's a running joke. They're notoriously bad shots, but yeah. I mean like, you know, one one's got to hit like one. And then right. even Leia's a terrible shot and she's forced <laughs> She's trying to cover Luke and she just like they're like 15 feet away max. <laughs> just can't get them going. Right. Oh God, but I mean, I know that scene's iconic, but I, it just didn't hit for me this time. Just didn't hit for me. And it, it was still pretty cool. And then I, I forgot that they that she gave him the peck on the cheek yeah. there as well. Yep. You know, for a, you could tell a he was like, tried to stick his yeah. tongue out real quick. Oh, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> uh, and was I missed question. Was Tarkin in charge of Vader, or were they kind of like co like co assistant managers type of thing? Well, I mean, the way Leia puts it is, uh, General Tarkin, I see you're the one uh, holding Vader's leash today. So. That's right. Yeah, because they kind of saw Vader as like this man who would kind of go ape shit out of nowhere. Yeah, um, and and they play on that in Clone Wars, which again okay. you'll get to. Sweet, I'm gonna fucking watch that shit this weekend. Um. What and I think the only part of the movie that drags is when Luke is transitioning from going to the Millennium Falcon when he's helping them, you know, kill or kill some of the um, Tie Fighters to the X-wing to be a pilot. I think the movie kind of drags because you have this huge moment where Alderaan's destroyed, and they have this sick battle with the Millennium Falcon, and then they just go to this Rebel force a rebel base and you know there's like maybe 15 minutes like kind of talking and stuff and getting ready to to fight i just felt that was a weird point in the movie and i felt it dragged a little too much and the movie's not long but that's 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 the only part i can really stick out and go you know what that's kind of a that's kind of a drag yeah um yeah no i, I don't disagree and I totally forgot about fucking Jack Porkins. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I just started laughing and Cassie's like, what? I'm like, 
Look at the really fat X-Wing pilot. <laughs> She's like, why? I'm like, what's his name is fucking Jack Porkins. And then sure as <laughs> shit, he gets yeeted by Darth Vader like right away. <laughs> <laughs> and the last, my last note, it took them 40 years, but I still can't believe Chewie didn't get a fucking medal. Yeah, that was, um, they didn't really have a good explanation either. They're like, no. Chewie just didn't get a medal. Like, no one knew why. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just bugged, that bugged me when I was a kid, and it, it bugged me now. And then in episode nine, here you go. Here's your prize. Which kind of pissed me off because I'm like, okay, like, like, we get it. Like, this movie is for fans. <laughs> like, understood. Okay. We get it. Man, episode nine's episode of this pod might be longer because I'm going to have to condense it because I could just tear that movie apart. Yeah, I, these next two are going to be pretty short because I don't know how much more I can gush about movies no. that are so highly, widely regarded. Like, so. em- Empire is perfect, in my opinion. And I love Return of the Jedi. There's some people who rank it lower on their on their rankings, and I can understand why, but... They're still fucking great movies, in my opinion. How I Met Your Mother has a great bit. It was like... Oh, I thought you were going to say it's a great That's show. the first time anyone's ever said that. Whoa, there's some good bits in How I Met Your Mother. Settle down. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get it. We're talking about the sex. We're not talking about the sitcom. <laughs> Just got it. <laughs> So, what kind of uh, didn't they have a Star Wars bit? In How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, um, Barney. Barney explained it as like, if you were nine years old the first time you saw Return of the Jedi, you loved it, and if you were over nine years old, you hated it because of the Ewoks. Oh, you yeah. thought the Ewoks were awesome, or you <laughs> thought they were childish nonsense. And, where, and how old you were when you first saw it determines <laughs> what you think of the movie. We will have no Ewok slander. <laughs> my boy Wicket. My boy Wicket out here with the shits. Yeah. I, we will have no Ewok slander. I was probably nine or so when I saw the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Ewoks, Ewoks are the ideal Antifa super soldier. So I don't want to hear no slander <laughs> yeah. about Ewoks. <laughs> I... I watched I watched this when I was seven or eight. I like the Ewoks, and I watched it a couple months ago, and I don't mind them. The Are fact that kids? no one, the fact that no one has tried to disable one of those like police tank things with two logs coming <laughs> at each other at high speed is bullshit. <laughs> Walk around with spears made out of rocks. Yeah, shit. just fucking <laughs> sling rocks and just. <laughs> Carry around a golden robot on a throne. I'll get a uh, I'll, I'll get a uh, a teddy I'll get a teddy bear costume and put in. Mitch, there's in. no need. You're already really fucking hairy, my man. I think you just need to walk around shirtless. Join him. I I have a sweater on underneath my shirt. <laughs> yeah, me too. Feel that. Oh, the great not, New Hope fucking masterpiece. Yeah, great great fucking movie. Thank you, George Lucas, for all the shit I give you. Thank you for this movie. <laughs> all right so here's how i think i want to end the pod i have a couple options there's a lot of um songs related around a new hope 
and I have it down to two. There's like a Han shot first song. Oh, or there's the there's like the Star Wars Just Dance one where it's like, I'm Han Solo. I'm Han yes. Solo. <laughs> Xbox Connect song. Yeah, the Xbox Connect, like J- Star Wars Just Dance. Please do that one. All right, we'll do that one. Uh, we'll Solo. be back. Han Solo. We'll be back next week. Um, I'm, we're going to try to lock up an interview with someone. Um, see where we go. And then um, there's no need for eyeball emojis. We legitimately don't have an interview lined up for Tuesday's pod. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we'll be back. We'll be back and we can just splooge our pants about Empire. Guys, thanks for being here. Mitch, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, love it. All right, fellas, go green. Go white. Go white. Cloud City's always looking for new talent. You think you have what it takes? I'm on solo, I'm on solo
coming in my house looking that good.